0: Welcome to The Gamer's Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan.
1: Hello. Happy to be back. Happy to be talking about uh, the newest trailer that just hit, Jocelyn, to the hit sequel. We've all been waiting I'll say for it. it. No, <laughs> just kidding. We're not going to talk about Spider-Man, as, as, as excited as I am about it. And, um, we're going to talk I about totally Sonic. I
0: thought it was going to be a Sonic <laughs> Ryan, no, we're not talking about Sonic anymore.
1: <laughs> Alright, I tried, folks. I had one person message me and say, looking forward to the next Sonic update. Unfortunately, it's been
0: uh, It's been, it's been vetoed.
1: Yeah, which is fine. Because I mean we always we, we get vetoes all the time. Um, I I don't know if I've ever used one because, as you said, I like everything.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Ryan likes everything and is also too nice to ever veto any of my thoughts or ideas.
1: (laughs) I also really do truly understand vetoing a sonic conversation because, yeah, I get it 100%. I'm also very understanding of, yeah, that content not being that great. But um, I am excited to tease our um, 12 minutes conversation next week because uh, that game, in my mind, like we could sit here, we could talk for five minutes about how the gameplay uh, setup is really cool. You're stuck in a time loop, you have to kind of like figure things out as you go and and try to learn more information to progress in the loop. Um, but truly what it would make an excellent conversation is 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 a spoiler filled conversation and it's a short game. So um,
0: yeah, so yeah. how long did it take you? Because I'm guessing those 12 minutes do they play out like, in real time, basically.
1: Yes, yeah, they do play out in real time, and and I will say this: you know, the basic loop of the game is, uh, you you start um, at the at the zero minute mark, and stuff will happen throughout the loop that will kick you out early. Uh, okay, because I
0: was going to say, do you do twelve minutes every time? But no, twelve minutes is the max before you you get restarted.
1: Exactly. Well, yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> The the max is ten minutes, and um, oh. but then you say that, and I'm like, this this starts to boil down some of the issues of the game.
0: Oh, okay, I don't want to get too too far into it, then, but <laughs> we're not going to get
1: into it. But what I'll say is, like, I'm when just it comes trying to, to get a,
0: a time frame. Like, how long does it take you to complete? the entire twelve minutes. <laughs> twelve minutes the game. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I know how long twelve minutes is. <laughs> <It's> 12 <laughs> minutes, duh.
1: <laughs> I I beat it. So the way I play games is usually one to two hour sittings. And I did it in about four or five of those. Okay. And um I did get stuck a couple times. And I will say this uh there are guides out there, but there are not very good spoiler free guides out there. So if you do get stuck, usually you can figure out a way to get unstuck by uh just someone saying like oh did you try this and unfortunately guides are guides they tell you everything you need to do to finish the game and sometimes that can lead to you know spoilers but you know even though the game appears to be you know non-linear it is somewhat linear like you you go down a path you figure out you know a line of questioning and then that leads you into um the next step in unlocking um, the route, so to speak. Okay. So, yeah. But both, both, I'd say, you know, four to six hours, if you kind of, you know, keep your head down and, and move through the game, Th- the biggest hurdle is going to be, you know, the controls, especially if you're playing on um, Xbox, I'd actually recommend playing on PC because is, it is, it's a very old school adventure inspired game where you have an inventory, You're dragging items down from your inventory to interact with other things. Um, You're choosing dialogue options. So a mouse and keyboard would be good.
0: Yeah, the controls basically just said like click and drag because I went and looked to see if there was anything I wanted to like set up before I got started or something. And it's like, oh, just click and drag. I was like, all right, well, I'll figure it out while I'm in there then. (laughs) Thanks for nothing. settings (laughs) yeah but yeah so uh yeah so guys if you um if you are curious if you haven't seen uh 12 minutes is actually on game pass right now so you guys can go and check it out there um but this is the i can't even remember if it was an e3 or if it was a if it was like last year's summer games fest or something like that but um anyways this is the one that when we saw the reveal it's like the top down um i guess maybe like murder mystery I guess you would call it um, and it so you see that like from it's a top down view of an apartment basically and they have like some big name actors doing the voice work here so James McAvoy Daisy Ridley and Willem Dafoe are all the voice actors in 12 minutes so I'm not sure exactly how you would remember better the top down view or the big name actors but either way that's this game so um, Like I said, it is uh, on Game Pass right now. You can go and check it out there or um, it is available. I believe is it available over on Steam or is it uh, Xbox exclusive right now?
1: It is on Steam. Yeah, so you can buy it
0: there. I have no idea how much it is, though. All I know is that like. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shorter experience so i would assume 20 to 30 bucks but also it's got a lot of big names in it so that makes me think also maybe it's more expensive <laughs> i think it's
1: 20 to 30 dollars but but honestly uh if you have access to game pass play it on game pass this this is not a game you're going to revisit you're going to play it once um okay and and that's it there are multiple endings however you can unlock a majority of them in a single playthrough but again uh, you you might just want to Google the endings because it it's one of those things where you're gonna get out of it what you're gonna get out of it in in a single playthrough because there is one story being told and it's about the journey, not necessarily uh the destination, right? Like it's the fun of well, quote unquote fun because I mean if you know <laughs> what you can do in that game, I don't want to necessarily you know say it's fun.
0: Well, yeah, like I said, it is like a, a a murder mystery thriller, right? So I'm assuming that there are like some negative interactions, shall we yeah, call them?
1: There's some murder. <laughs> there's some really, uh, you know what? I I, I can say this. Yeah, like, so
0: we don't want to spoil anything, but yeah.
1: <laughs> let's let's save it for when you've played it because I think honestly, um, this is a game that deserves a a uh, no no hold back conversation in terms of spoilers because there's a lot okay. to be said about the mechanics that tie into the story and and um yeah,
0: yeah you can't really talk mechanics until you talk story and you can't talk story without talking mechanics and vice versa so we'll leave that conversation for next week so if you guys want to give 12 minutes a look and then follow along with our spoiler conversation next week please do that obviously we will put some um timestamps in the notes for next week uh depending on how long our conversation ends up going so you can skip the spoiler stuff if you want to but uh, if you'd like to play along then uh, go and check out 12 minutes this has been your one week gamers in spoiler warning (laughs) (laughs) so the game the reason that i didn't get into 12 minutes this week is because ryan i cannot be trusted with forex games so Humankind launched this week and I don't think I've slept more than like three to four hours a night since it launched. Ooh, I am absolutely obsessed with these freaking one more turn things like I just I, I have no self-control <laughs> I just, like when I start them I just want to see it through to the end and this game is one of those that I don't necessarily feel like it is um, the most balanced experience necessarily or at least like some paths to victory I think are much more difficult than others. So I think that like I had a lot of games where I was just like, Okay, I just I I failed that. I'm gonna I'm gonna resign the game. I'm gonna give up. I'm gonna just I'm just gonna start over again because now I have a better strategy. And then I would play through that for a hundred or 150 turns, and then go, okay, this game is now unwinnable. I'm just I have a new strategy. I'm gonna I just need to try it. And those like new strategy just need to try it moments usually resulted in me pa- playing like two to three hours longer than I meant to, and I had already played too long. So it's like. I get to like 1 a.m. or like 1.30 and I'd be like, okay, my strategy is not going to work. And then I'm like, I should go to bed or I could start a new game. (laughs) And then I would start a new game and it wouldn't work. And then I'd look at the clock and it'd be like 5 a.m. And I'm like, oh, no, (laughs) I have made a mistake. (laughs) So, yeah, I played... um, I don't actually have like a a slash played as far as I know, like Xbox doesn't track time played the same way. Like Steam will tell me Steam will just be like, yo, you have played X number of hours of this title. You should go to bed. But <laughs> I don't think that there's a, a an area in Xbox. that tells me how long I played, but I wouldn't be surprised if I have put like 40 to 50
1: hours into this game. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I checked this one out as well, and uh, y- you and I spent some time over Discord, because we tried to play multiplayer, and there's a bug right now yeah. with multiplayer.
0: That was so disappointing. And I mean, I, I on the one hand, I'm kind of glad that we weren't able to play multiplayer, <laughs> because with just with the amount of hours that I had put in by the time we tried to play each other I'm like I'm pretty sure unless we made some sort of non-aggression pact like privately first that I might have crushed you <laughs> yeah no that's fine
1: because I'm I was still pretty pretty green when we were playing and
0: uh yeah and our other friend Dustin a friend of the show who filled in for me when I was away in the spring uh yeah he also is um he was he was going to try to play with us when we tried to play multiplayer. And he's like, okay, I'm almost through the tutorial. I'm like, oh, you sweet summer child. I'm going to murder your face so hard. But yeah, then we couldn't get in. And I was, I was actually, I was a little bit disappointed. So there's some bug right now that as far as I know, as of time of recording has not yet been fixed, but apparently, uh, and it seems to only be affecting Game Pass players, and I'm not quite sure why. It would affect game pass players but not people who just like straight up bought the title on xbox or the windows store but um game pass players specifically which is both ryan and i uh seem to have an issue where the game is unable to properly pull their xbox profile so even when i start a single player game at the top of the screen it says like apostrophe s's game so it looks like it should say like Joss's game or Ryan's game, but it doesn't know who I am. So then as soon as you try to load into a multiplayer lobby, they're like, oh, you don't have a profile like you are, you don't exist. And it automatically boots you out again. Um, so we couldn't even make like a private multiplayer lobby just for the two or three of us. Um, it just wouldn't let you in and also wouldn't let us join on other people. So it's not even like we could have somebody else create a lobby that we could go and and join As soon as you try to uh, interact with the multiplayer interface, it's just like, nope, forcibly disconnected, get out. And now I did read this on their official forums and I don't know um, like how how accurate it is because, you know, it's a forum. So I'm going to put a giant asterisk on this. But um, the current fix that's going around is to create a new Microsoft account. And I mean, I don't know, uh, like some of you guys listening to the sound of my voice are going to be console players and maybe not PC gamers. And so you might not be 100% familiar, but like your Microsoft account just controls freaking everything now on PC. It's really frustrating. I don't like it. (laughs) It's just everywhere. So the last thing that I want to do is create another account that might create like some sort of conflicts in my operating system or create a new user on my computer or like I don't know what it's going to do it's Microsoft and they try to think for me and the more they try to think for me the more they fuck it up so I just really don't want another account on my computer so anyways um, that apparently is the fix and then there was another post a little bit later saying yes that fixes it unless you add friends to that account and it seems like what the problem is is that Humankind, when it loads, is trying to scan your friends list and then um, like pull information about who's on your friends list, if they play Humankind and if they have like an AI profile, because that's one thing you can do is you can like basically build your own leaders And you can say like that. Then like I could be like, oh Ryan, like send me your AI profile, and you get like a little like code or whatever. You can download stuff from your friends, and then you can put them into your game as an AI, and they have like, um, like traits that you can give them that makes them act a certain way in the game and stuff. It's a really cool idea, but I guess in the loading and the trying to pull from your friends list part, um, if you have. 14 friends or more, sorry, 15 friends or more, then I guess Xbox actually limits the number of profiles you can pull so that it doesn't basically get like DDoS or whatever. So it limits the number of requests it can get in a certain amount of time from one specific place so then it hits the 15th thing and if that 15th thing isn't your own personal Xbox profile I do not know why it tries to pull the players profile last but it does um so yeah people have figured out that this like 15th slot has to be your friends list so like either you delete all but 14 of your friends off your friends list start a new account or, you know, like those are the kind of fixes that are out there, which I don't really consider to be fixes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so right now it's just multiplayer is broken. You can still play single player without your profile and you're still getting all your achievements and stuff. It just you can't interact basically with the Internet in any way, Um which is kind of frustrating because there are, like I say, some some kind of interesting potential here with some of the not just multiplayer, but, like, interactions with other players you can have and the kind of, like, personal content you can upload and stuff. There seems to be a lot of creative space within humankind, but um, right now it's just straight-up broken. And again, I don't know why this only impacts Game Pass people, because apparently, even if the new Microsoft account that you create doesn't have Game Pass, it's like the game isn't, like, verifying. Once you have it and downloaded and installed there's no more verification of whether you have game pass or not. So the new account, you don't have to pay any extra money. You can just use it. <laughs> so I don't know It there's a whole lot of weird with like authentication and verification and stuff going on. So yeah, unfortunately we weren't able to test multiplayer.
1: No, no, but, but we did test the limits of how much sleep we could, we could go without. And, uh, you know, here's the thing. I, um, when it comes to these types of games, like the civilization types of games, I I also uh, fall into that one more turn struggle, and I've found myself with humankind catching myself and being like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that. I know I know I can get into a into a hole if if I do that, so I'm not going to with this one. And I, I, but I've but I've also hit a weird wall with this one where in humankind, um. I, and this happens in Civ too, usually in the end game, where it's like I find I'm just getting really good at hitting the end turn button, and that's mm. all I'm doing. Um, so I was just playing. I've I've only got I've only have one game on the go, and I haven't finished it yet. And and I think where the struggle I'm hitting is is that it felt like there was more active stuff to do in Civilization, whereas in Humankind, it's all very, you know passive um all of the stuff you're doing so as you're trying to progress through the ages you're earning these points and a majority of the points you're trying to earn are based on sort of passive uh you know non-active stuff like there is some stuff for like building and founding new you know territories but like eventually the map gets taken over right Mm -hmm. and and then that stops i really enjoyed that
0: that's like the point where you kind of have to make the decision of if you're going to choose civilizations that will like forcibly take over outposts or that are more militaristic so you can like go to war and stuff. And and again, like to, to kind of that is you're right, like the war, the war uh, fame and the expansion fame are two of the most active because otherwise you're right. It's a lot of like building different buildings and districts and then giving those upgrades and stuff that then just kind of passively accumulate the score over time so like the other ones are your population your money your influence um there's seven of them total so expansion military then population money fame i'm missing two of them and it's gonna
1: Is it drive it me nuts what did you say that?
0: Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's the the influence. Yeah, so money influence. Oh, what else is there? Oh, just straight up number of districts. Yeah, yeah. Um, completed. So that's like the builder one. Oh, I can't remember the other one. Anyways, it doesn't really matter. They're they're all passive really, except for the claiming of new territories and doing um the military engagements. And the military engagements are kind of interesting in that you choose like a deployment area and then you can manage each of your troops and kind of take their turns one one at a time like you would be used to from civ or there's also the option to just like instantly resolve the combat and then it just like calculates the winner for you and gives you a result and then there like there's no undo there's no taking it back i guess you could load load a previous save but like yeah it's it's very much like if you push the instant resolution button then it's exactly what it sounds like so it can take out that interactivity and give you even more of a kind of like passive or i guess like i don't want to necessarily call it passive but i think more of like a macro view of stuff where you can just say like all i want to do is worry about the big things like the layout of my civilization and the rate at which i'm accumulating resources and then possibly like the diplomacy side of things because the thing about humankind is there are a lot of sources of complexity in this game it took me quite a long time to get to feel like i had a really good handle on it and i think that's why i ended up like quitting and restarting so many times and and starting so many different games is because like I would just kind of like by turn 150 or something I'd be like oh that's how that works okay so I need to pay attention to xyz all right I'm going to start a new game and 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 you know work with that system better because the whole gimmick of humankind that makes it different is that you get to choose your civilization off the start of the game. But then with every change in era, which is a same as Civ, like um, there are like technologies that are bunched into like uh, uh, the the classical era, the medieval era, the early modern era, the industrial era and the, I guess, modern era or whatever. Um So there's like five times in the game where you can choose to change your civilization, which means you can start the game as somebody who's more like military focused. And then in the second era, you can be like, okay, I have a lot of territory now so because I I was military and beat them up. So in the next era, I'm going to choose a civilization that gets more points for building things as opposed to for military things. And then after that, I'm like, okay, now I've built everything up. So the next time I'm going to focus on science and make sure that I get my tech all caught up because I spent my first two eras just beating people up. So I need to now, you know, make sure that I've got all my scientific advancements in check. And then, okay, now I've, I've built everything I need to build. I've got all my science and my military is a decent size. So the next thing I'm going to do is focus on uh, making sure my population is high. Uh, so it's like you can... Basically, it's like choose your own civilization (laughs) so you can take like cultural parts and smoosh them together so you can be like Jocelyn's society and Ryan's society. And it's like because of those changes and decisions you can make, no two games are necessarily alike because the first civilization to reach the era change gets to choose, so let's say I choose to be the Greeks. When Ryan's comes to that era, the Greeks are no longer available to him. So he can choose one of, I think there's like seven or eight different options. He can choose one of the ones that isn't taken yet. So even if I go into a game of humankind thinking I'm going to go like Egyptians, Romans, Greeks, um, British, and then Swedes, uh, then that like progression may not actually end up being available to me depending on a lot of the random spawn stuff. And I think that that's a really, really cool gimmick in theory. And now that I've got an idea of how to play it, I think I'm better at it. But oh my God, it was so complex in in the beginning.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And um, I feel like Civ has a better onboarding experience Mm -hmm. in that with humankind um i just
0: felt so overwhelmed
1: (laughs) very overwhelming uh it's all text it's all pop-ups there's no there's there is voice acting in the game but it's more like related to um introductions to milestones um there are some great animated sequences every time you move into a a a new era and pick a new civilization i really love those They're, they're a nice touch but in terms of the tutorials, you have you have to read everything.
0: Well, and the uh, the other thing is, too, even if it was read to me, I'm not sure I would still uh, like understand it because there's a lot of similar systems from this to, you know, other other games, other forex games that I've played, like most notably Civilization, like Civilization is like the big franchise in this space, right? So obviously we're going to be drawing a lot of comparisons to that. But um it is it's very much like they 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 use some similar technology or not technology nomenclature, like names for things. But then sometimes it feels like they renamed things because maybe there was a trademark involved or they're like they wanted to differentiate themselves somehow, but it's like I felt that Even reading the text or like even if it was read to me, I'd be like, I still don't understand the words, though, (laughs) and like how they go together and what you're trying to tell me. Um, And especially because they deal with military stuff very, very differently. Um, You can't necessarily like in Civ, it's basically like if you go in and you uh, take a city, then that just is your city now. But in humankind, if you go in and take a city, then you occupy it until the end of the war, at which point you give it back unless it's part of their surrender. So, And sometimes you can't even negotiate for it if there was like no existing reason for you to take it other than my army was walking through here. So like if you don't have a lot of underlying cultural influence on those territories, then you can like go in and crash your army up against the walls of their city. And even if you eventually take it, you're going to lose it as soon as war finishes. And war doesn't finish when you say it finishes. War finishes when you no longer have support from your people so it's kind of like a built-in timer that means that you can't just be in an infinite war with another culture which was again something that was very like jarring to learn <laughs> so i was like oh i'm so close i'm gonna get there and then it's like war is over you must surrender i'm like no what
1: <laughs> it's an interesting mechanic i think it's a yeah it's a cool way to address how some people play these games which is just you know rush Roll to nukes over
0: everybody yeah, yeah. <laughs> rush to nukes yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> and i think like that's that's where i've i've struggled with the game is that um i i don't have a lot of patience for uh for these types diplomacy. of games <laughs> well no not i i do prefer diplomacy and i think that's another thing i struggle with the game is that it feels like there really isn't diplomacy um there it's really more based on trade so you're either developing you know open borders sharing maps um three stages of trading and i i guess i did get to like i uh, proposed an alliance and then that opened up more stuff um Mm -hmm. but it doesn't feel like there is uh that push and pull of diplomacy like once i've i in my game i found all the other you know civilizations in the world suddenly opened up outside of just these two you know um
0: happened to start on your continent
1: exactly it it kind of uh it became this scenario of them just making demands of me and saying like you need to convert to our religion right now and i'd be like no like i'm good no and they just kept every turn they'd send it to me yeah um and you know you can uh y- you can leave it there uh th- when they make demands you can leave it there but i think that blocks that blocks trade. So if you set up trades with these folks, and they come in and say, "Hey, we really want you to convert," you if you don't process that trade or that uh, grievance,
0: that demand, demand,
1: yeah. yeah um, now I'm trying to remember: is it demands that block trade, or I know it's grievances for sure, but so I, there might be a difference between the two. And again, this is where yeah, it gets so, a little confusing. Yeah,
0: this is this is very, and I feel like a lot of the systems in humankind are this way: that they are. You just, it feels like you just get in the weeds on so many things, and there's maybe not as big of a payoff as there should or could be. Because you're right, there's like, there's grievances, and then you can turn those grievances into demands. So it's basically like, hey, you've done a thing I don't like. And then I can choose to say, it's cool though. Or I can say, hey, give me money, territory, convert your religion, whatever, um, and turn it into a demand. And then that's a thing that they have to respond to and say yay or nay. Um, But you're right. If they say, like, hey, I don't want to do that, but then that condition still exists at the beginning of the next turn, they'll send it again. So it's like you can deny it however many times, but the other thing is when you're denying things, you're giving them like reasons to go to war basically so their support gets higher and higher and higher the more times you say that you won't do it so you kind of have to have like the military to back it up in case they decide to go to war with you but then also like it makes it feel like you don't have as much choice as a player Because you feel like eventually you have to either do the thing or go to war and you may not want to do either one of those things which maybe is realistic but I think falls into the category of like just because it's the right way or the realistic way does that actually make for fun gameplay like it's like nobody stopped in some of these cases to ask is it fun to have the same notification from the same civilization about the same issue pop up at the start of every turn maybe that's not fun (laughs) no
1: i can confirm it's not fun and um i think like the re, and i keep going back to civilization because i've uh, that's the one i've played the most again it's the
0: one yeah we're so we're close to right
1: yeah and i also think civilization is the one 4x game that i played when i when i had a lot more time to focus on games and uh i keep thinking well maybe there's a i think i figured out the reason why I, i can go back to civilization is because i have that muscle memory from playing over the last 15 years of civ games that that i have played um whereas humankind i'm coming in fresh and i'm having to learn all these systems over again and I, i don't know if i have the patience so i but i am enjoying sort of uh i do like a good like podcast game so this is a great game you can have the podcast Running over top, you know, pause it whenever the guy talks, but it's very minimal talking. It does not come up a lot.
0: And you can turn it off, too.
1: And you can turn it off. And the music is really cool because the music changes whenever you change your civilization. So that's also great because I remember when I was playing Civilization, you just hear the same Canadian theme for, like the 100-plus hours over the 1,000-plus <laughs> turns. Whereas in this, if you switch from, you know, uh, the British to the French, you're getting a different uh, a different soundtrack in the background. So that is mm-hmm. a... I really love those touches where they, they do make changes to not only the background music, but also, like, the look and feel of your empire when you change civilizations. And I like that ability to kind of mix things up because it would make every single game you play unique Mm -hmm. um and and that is really cool for folks that that really love these games and i've 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 found some fun there in terms of like i like the idea uh so the way i did it was i was just sort of learning the ropes and i just started building and when we played uh, i played and shared my screen and you kind of walked me through some stuff which was very helpful because early on you're kind of like trying to expand as much as possible and i quickly realized like the person who shared the content with me kept you know i kept having these grievances with them that would pop up automatically and i'm like what is this thing that's happening here and you said oh, i'll go to the um i think it was the, the, civics? the
0: civics yeah this like society area yeah it's the pink button in the bottom left corner
1: <laughs> yeah so you click on that and then it shows like sort of the Uh, influence you have or the influence of each city and I kept noticing that (laughs) so I'm playing this whole game and I I kept noticing oh I kept grievancing that this other player was you know influencing my people and I'd have this grievance to basically demand the city and I'm like why is this person trying to steal my stuff turns out (laughs) it was the opposite I was stealing their cities because (laughs) I was doing so much trade with them
0: yeah, they were doing a poor job of governing your people and and Ryan was like, but they're not my people. I'm like, yeah, but they are if you look at the like culture layer which is down below, which even though it's a territory owned by one civilization, you might actually culturally they're more similar to you than their owner. And so when that happens, then you get mad because you're like, God, you're such a bad leader. I could lead them better. Give me your city. <laughs>
1: yeah. And and that was, that was, a, again, like, now that I know that going back in, I feel like this game might be worth uh, doing at least one or two games to, to kind of get the idea and then, and then see where it goes from there
0: it probably took me a good five or six matches. And like I say, I conceded a lot of them around the 150 to 200 turn mark. I think I've only completed three different games now, all the way to 300 turns. And uh, it's taken me that much time to really get a handle on how everything works. And um, I I do want to take a second and just talk about um, the spawn points, because I think that that's my biggest grievance with this game as a whole, is it seems like your success is very much tied to where you spawn in terms of like... Because basically, um you start as a nomadic tribe, which is the same as Civ, but in Civ, you can just build a city wherever you want at the start of the game. But in Humankind, you need five influence in order to found a city. And this might be the difficulty level that I'm playing at. It's possible because I think I'm playing at the metropolis level. It's like the third difficulty. And then there I think there's or it's basically normal, I think. Um, so anyways, you need five influence in order to be able to found your first city, which is all fine and dandy, but you can't get influence without a city. Or if you're a nomadic tribe discovers something randomly spawned on the map, which means you could be wandering around for five to 10 turns before you actually find something that gives you influence that allows you to found your first city. Which then means you're five to ten turns behind everybody else, which was very frustrating. And then the strategic resources on the map are also very scarce. And so, like, for instance, the last game that I played, I think I had, I think there were three continents on the world, and there was absolutely no gunpowder on my home continent. Like, the whole entire thing. There was no source of gunpowder. So I was just like, okay, so now everybody else in the world, except for me and this one other civilization that's on my continent, like we just can't get any of these resources. And we don't have relationships with the other continents yet good enough to trade gunpowder. So that's just a whole era's worth of military that we're going to be behind. And I was just like, man, like and you can't tell whether like um, basically it'll show you a little diamond on a map if there's a strategic resource but then there's a question mark so you don't actually know what it is you just know that at some point in the tech tree there's going to be an important resource that's going to spawn there but it could be anything and so like we had no idea that there was going to be no gunpowder on the map and you can't really build around it and if you know it's it's way too late if you're you know waiting until gunpowder is in your era to try to find it then you're just gonna be behind so like again it is i feel like more so than any other game i've ever played spawn just makes such a huge difference like both in the speed at which you can build your first city and therefore start building up your empire but then also like where your strategic resources are like it just a bad spawn can totally kill your entire game. And that doesn't feel great because you usually don't know until you're quite invested that your basically game is in an unwinnable state. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. No, no, no for sure.
0: That kind of bums me out.
1: <laughs> that, that was a struggle. And I think I, I felt that as well. Um, <laughs> before we started recording, I decided like, you know what? Hitting the end turn over and over again, uh, it's not really getting me anywhere. And that, that is true. Like You kind of have to see the the bottlenecks coming, the walls coming where like, okay, I've done everything I can here in, and in order to progress, I kind of have to change my strategy and uh, if you do what I did, where you change your strategy without actually having anything to back it up, you end up starting a war with someone who already has all their units piled up um, <laughs> on their side. And they are uh, more advanced than you are because they have uh, – you were actually getting your only supply of iron from them. And when you declare war, it, it, it cancels all the trade routes. So, again, you have to have the patience for this game. And, and I, I'm this isn't a negative. This is more a negative on Ryan because, like, I just don't have – The patience and i know a lot of people who play these games like that is that is part of playing that is a
0: big part yeah for sure um they they are meant to go on for a while and they are meant to give you a lot of different things to manage and i think that humankind had a really good idea with letting you change your strategy by changing your civilization and essentially changing your win condition um, at multiple points during the game. And I think that, like, once I learned a little bit more about like the fame system and how all that stuff worked, then I think I started to make better decisions. But it still like just feels really bad when the thing that you need is unobtainable. It's through no fault of your own through just the random spawn like-ness of the world yeah. so uh but yeah but like i say it does make for a different experience every time like for instance if i'm playing civilizations and i pick a certain culture you play that all the way through you know exactly what your tech tree is going to be you know exactly what your units are going to be and you know the best way to play that civilization uh, but because of all the different possible iter- iterations and combinations within humankind i think that that does just give it that extra level of complexity and that extra bit of difference in each different playthrough. So I do think it's it's dynamic from that point of view. Um, But it definitely has a couple of little things that make me kind of go, I think I prefer Civ. not that this is bad, it's unique, and I think it does a good job at what it does. But some things definitely do feel changed for the sake of change.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I don't know if uh, if you've played any of their other games. I, I have not, but Amplitude, the, the studio behind it, like they do, they do a lot of the Endless series. Uh, like, I don't think Endless Dungeon is one of them, but they have like Endless Space. And that's the that's the only one that comes to mind. And I mean, I wonder how, we don't know the answer. I'm guessing we don't know the answer to this, but I'm wondering how similar um, these games are. Like, I feel like this is their love letter to Civ. Um but it would be interesting to try one of their en- other Endless games uh, to see what it's like because...
0: Mm-hmm. To compare it, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, because this very much feels like them doing a Civilization-type game. Uh, but I know they've done other 4X games that are, that are really um, well-received. So um, I've always wanted to try them. I just, again, I haven't had the guts to boot it up because I know it's either going <laughs> to be like, Why, why am I, why am I reading so much or, oh man, I don't know what's going on. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Uh, I just, yeah, I struggle with that for sure.
0: You have to, you have to be in the mood. You have to be, uh, have the time and the patience and the attention to detail. It is, it is a very intense genre in general. And yeah, so I think that this is worth a look, especially if you have game pass, just because then you can try it for free well, free on Game Pass. <laughs> so I do think it's worth checking out if you do like Civilization because, like I say, it's ai am going to call it a gimmick with the changing of Civilizations throughout or the changing of cultures throughout. But, I mean, a gimmick almost has a negative connotation to it. And I think that this is actually really positive. It's really interesting. Every new culture that you choose gives you a new win condition, gives you a new stacking um, like buff to your Civilization. So... Um, there's some there's some piece that will stick with you through your entire um playthrough. So, like, for instance, right at the very beginning, you choose like, do you get like plus one science, plus one production or plus one food um based on your nomadic tribe? And that buff will sit with you through the whole entire game. And so it kind of like it has an element of like building on itself in that way. But then, each different culture you choose in each different era, then also gives you a unique um building that you can build as well as a unique unit you can build. So it's like it does make for a very fun gameplay loop, I think. Uh that does differentiate it from Civ. It's just some of some of the other systems are a little bit mm, but but still, like I think. It has a lot of potential. I expect to see some stuff, um, like, change just through patches and and DLC and stuff. There's a lot of room in the interface for, like, um, custom maps and stuff and, you know, downloadable content. Like, not not necessarily, like, DLC, like, paid DLC, but, like, community-created content. They seem to have set it up with that in mind. So I think that this is going to be one of those things, like... Try it now if you can get it through Game Pass. Otherwise, I think it is like a $60 game. So it's a little bit on the pricey side. But I would say try it now if you've got it on Game Pass and you can get it like for free, basically. Or, you know, maybe wait like three to six months and just see what the the development and patch cycle looks like. Because I think that there's a lot of room for improvement. That's not to say it's a bad game right now. But I do think that I think they're going places. I think they planned for the future. Yeah, unlike me in my first two playthroughs.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. I I think this game has a lot of has a, has a long life ahead of it, and I know that Amplitude has, has done a really good job at supporting um, their previous titles with a bunch of DLC, often extending their life by years. So uh, this is very much the beginning of <laughs> humankind, uh, the video game, <laughs> um, and uh, I I I look forward to seeing where it goes because because I think. Um, Man, with the amount of stuff that's in here now, it's going to be really exciting to see what they add going forward because it is such mm-hmm. a big game. So, yeah, interested. We'll we'll keep an eye on this one.
0: Absolutely. Uh, and you guys can keep your eye on patreon.com slash the gamers in if you'd like to support the show. Uh, thank you very much to Adam, who is, is our patron of the month this month. They went over to gamersin.com, patreon.com slash the gamers in, ah, uh, and threw a couple bucks our way. So thank you so much, Adam. Uh, and uh, Ryan, you actually put something up over on Patreon this past week.
1: Yeah. So I posted a poll uh for the update corner which is uh it was the xenoblade 2 update corner but then i finished xenoblade chronicles 2 and um i, I really liked the idea of like having a casual sort of weekly update like i played one session and i'm just going to talk about it and it's like a usually a three minute update or whatever but i threw it to the patrons and uh the listeners to determine what i play next and the poll is currently live It'll be running for the next couple weeks until we get to uh, the release of Tales of Rise because that's one of the options. Um, Others on there, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. So again, uh, taking Jocelyn's call to you got to play the first one too. Um, which is great uh,
0: which you know I was joking but I would really love it if you guys went to the poll and made Ryan play <laughs> well, first you don't know Genoblade. the other options
1: on here there's it's also true. Xenoblade Chronicles 2 Torn of the Golden Country which is the DLC I've already purchased um so that's just
0: uh, dlc though i want to see you play a whole entire another xeno played <laughs> game
1: <laughs> okay well then like i said there's also tales of Arise, which is another
0: hours or bust <laughs> it,
1: well yeah tales of Arise is a big one um i've also got astral chain on here which is another um uh anime uh inspired game and, and here's the thing i made a joke i don't want this to turn into the ryan plays anime games corner because um yeah uh, I could do that on the show. I could just keep playing anime games if I if I really wanted to. Uh, but uh, I, I threw in Mass Effect 3 for good measure because I have stalled on the Legendary Edition. I have... I, I kind of stopped playing. So the... Oh, okay. Yeah, the update corner was always like an excuse to be like, how can we really hold Ryan to, uh, feet to the fire to finish a game? <laughs> yeah. So I've basically put a list together of, of five games I would like to finish. And I think Tales of Arise... Uh, being a new game, it's not out yet. It comes out September 10th, and I played the demo, and I really liked it. So I'm willing to willing to throw that one on there if, if someone wants me to play a game that came out in, well, came out this, this year, year <laughs> and not, you know, a decade ago or five years ago or whatever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited. So the poll will run for a while. We'll have a link in the show notes. Uh, if you listen to the Patreon Mini, you already know all this as well. So uh, we'll announce the I don't want to say winner, but we'll announce the choice uh, once we close the poll. So stay tuned.
0: Awesome. Uh, so that brings us to the news section of the show. We've got some uh, updates on some previous stories we covered. We got some new news. So let's jump right into it. Uh, we got a kind of a quick Activision Blizzard update. So uh, the state of California has updated their lawsuit to include temporary workers. So we talked about this, um, I think, last week or the week before. Um, about working conditions of contract employees and i guess um the state has uh, decided that the employee label was not enough to include all of the women that they were representing with the lawsuit and all of the um stories that have come out since so they have now updated that to be workers instead of employees uh to kind of cover off those temporary workers and as part of this story one other thing that came out is the lawsuit was updated because blizzard Has been shredding HR files, which is extraordinarily frustrating because this is one of those things where everyone knows they've done it and they're going to get fined for it. But the fine for destroying evidence, I guess they're risk managing and deciding that destroying evidence is going to cost them less then had the evidence come out and they were fined for the discrimination and harassment parts of the lawsuit so this just makes my blood boil i don't understand how they can't just like in in my in my brain and i am not a lawyer i am a fan so therefore like i do not bring any like legal advice or understanding of any legal systems or anything like that so grain of salt what i'm about to say but i feel like if you are burning and shredding evidence that is an admission of guilt and you should just have to like pay the full extent of whatever they could possibly charge you with like If I'm saying, hey, Blizzard, you discriminated and harassed and you owe me $6 billion and they're standing over a fire with a bunch of boxes of paper going, prove it. I'm going to go, um, the fire proves it. Give me my money now. Like, come on. This is the biggest admission of guilt I've ever seen. I just I cannot believe I just I can't believe this happened. Like, (laughs) what the hell?
1: (laughs) yeah it, this is a, a really uh terrible thing to hear like it's bad enough that they're that that all these actions took place it's bad enough the employees demands are being ignored it's bad enough the state of california um has to sue for this stuff to get sorted but now there's both you know uh evidence enough that it is happening that they've updated the lawsuit to include that you know evidence is being shredded to widen
0: and, the scope basically yeah as well yeah and, and it's yeah. just
1: it's wild and i think um there was obviously a lot of conversations about playing activision blizzard games and looking at new releases and covering news stories about um their video games and uh now it's just for some reason like i just wish that activision blizzard could could do the right thing make the change but they just keep doubling down, and the, yeah, and I'm glad the employees who work there are not, um, are, are 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 holding them accountable and saying like, look, like you're you're shredding evidence. Like this is something that that should not be done. And I know this isn't a criminal case uh, in this specific instance. Uh, there are criminal sort of elements to it. Um, I think you know, uh, destroying evidence is certainly one of them, but. I I just, I fail to understand how a company can sit there and destroy evidence and, you know, as you said, risk manage and say like, well, the fine for destroying evidence and having this go away faster is less money than actually going through it. And as you said, big admission of guilt. It just seems like there's far worse stuff.
0: Again, in my mind, yeah, like (laughs) big asterisks of we don't actually understand the California legal system, but like, I just, um, yeah, it just kind of boggles my mind that um it would be allowable for a company to destroy evidence in a way that everybody knows that they're doing it and that be a smaller consequence or that have a smaller consequence tied to it than the discrimination and harassment that they're actually guilty of like i just cuz now basically like they're saying well we know that you had files and records and you destroyed those files and records and so Blizzard is now, or Activision Blizzard, I should say, is now basically being like, yeah, well, prove it. And yeah. they're like, well, we can prove you destroyed evidence. And they're like, that's fine. Like, <laughs> like, like, what? <laughs> so I, yeah, it just, oh my God, it just, it, I, I'm speechless, honestly, yeah. <laughs> that that is how the law works, that there isn't a, a larger consequence. to these actions i just oh man yeah and and i mean in in my mind it is like i said um at least in the court of public opinion to me it is a hundred percent an omission of guilt and i don't think that there's any argument to be made now for like oh let's just wait and see what comes out in court and blah 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 like they're literally shredding and burning evidence like come on (laughs) this like we said when we first started covering the lawsuit this isn't a Did they or didn't they? This is a they did and how much do they owe for it question. So uh, that obviously remains to be seen. And I think I don't think we'll have an answer to that question for for quite a long time. But uh, yeah, this is the latest in the absolute fucking shit show that is Activision Blizzard right now. And I just God, I'm so mad. Like, ugh, I'm just so uh, I just I'm just so. Uh, so let's talk about another giant company that's probably also a piece of shit uh epic and Fortnite. uh we talked about uh i guess last week or the week before creating their among us ripoff, and uh the among us devs have now spoken out about that because that was the you know um the question last week was uh how much potential collaboration was there it turns out um some, but then Fortnite decided to just do it themselves anyway. And the imposter's mode that they've decided into Fortnite just doesn't seem to be um, hiding the fact that it's just a ripoff of Among Us. And Epic, I said this to Ryan when this story, like when we're talking about it a little more after the Among Us devs actually did speak out a little bit, is like, it just, Epic is starting to give me that, like we're too big to fail like come at me bro energy and i just like maybe it's because of all the activision blizzard stuff but i feel like i have i have no sympathy for the big guy anymore like i'm just i'm looking at epic going wow you guys are a bunch of dicks like that's just that's what it comes down to so some of the among us devs have come out and said that like they would have been more than willing to do some sort of crossover with Fortnite um some came out and said that they had been in talks to do something between among us and and Fortnite and you know like potentially bringing that content into that game and then epic just kind of said you know what we don't actually have to make a contract with you we don't actually need your permission you haven't trademarked anything and and they they t- the among us devs talked about that as well and basically said Um, we, first of all, like, you shouldn't be able to really, like, or we didn't think that it was good for the industry, basically, to try to copyright our base game mechanics, which is basically, like we talked about before, Among Us is based on a lot of those games, like Mafia, Werewolf, like, those kind of style games, where it's a lot of, like, hide hide your eyes and then guess who the bad guy is. They're like, you know, that predates us. But then also the part that they probably could have copyrighted, but again, thought it was better if they didn't, was the going around and doing tasks part. So that is what makes Among Us a little bit different, is that there are things that you have to do, and there's like a a win state for both sides, and it's active, which is interesting. It's not just, you know, name all the imposters, and then, you know, the good guys win, like in, in Mafia. So they had the option of, like copywriting those mini games within that mafia style of of larger genre and chose not to and now they're kind of like feeling the brunt of that decision i guess because epic epic is just walking all over them
1: yeah the it's interesting you know you said at the beginning you know you don't you don't feel like you can defend big companies anymore and and i think here's the thing about epic obviously the original conversation about defending epic came around the apple versus epic stuff Mm -hmm. And you know, Epic's a big company, but there's always a bigger fish in the sea. So Apple being Apple and Google being like monstrously bigger than than Epic, but um, th- just because there's a bigger fish and 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 this in Epic is fighting Apple doesn't mean that Epic can't then turn around and, and be a really and be a terrible yeah you know, bad bad company here. And and they've certainly done this before. Like they did this with you know PUBG. It felt like they hadn't done it in a while. They were doing a lot of you know collaborations with uh major you know licenses like star wars marvel dc and
0: well that's the thing they seem to play well with the other big guys like yeah. the marvels of the world but then like they also steal a lot of stuff from like the little guy like you say like PUBG was was very popular but small team like um now among us very popular small dev team uh but not only that but also like pop culture stuff like TikTok dances and things like you know someone makes up these dances and then epic just is like yeah we own that now and throws it in an emote copyrights it and runs with it and makes a gajillion dollars and it's like uh (laughs) so again like they play well with the big guys like the disney marvels of the world because if they just stole captain america disney would put them out of business (laughs) so it's like they play well with people who can like punch at their weight but they punch down all the time so yeah i'm just oh man i'm so sick of these big corporations man
1: (laughs) yeah well i mean you know we don't really play Fortnite here and and i know um i know a lot of folks do obviously it's a very popular game and i've heard a lot of you know talk about this specific story with the among us uh sort of you know content steal and or concept steal but i think like one argument I heard that was really compelling is like, well, it, and again, does not excuse Epic's behavior, but it's kind of like, what is taking, what is what is the, I, I don't want to say flavor of the, of the month, but, um, you know, Among Us had a big, you know, moment. And I mean, I know it's mm-hmm. still huge, but uh, their big moment has, I think, faded a little bit. But in this instance, like...
0: Uh, yeah, I think that's fair.
1: Yeah, like, I think a lot of people are saying, like, well, you know, maybe Epic just... You know, can't stand to see their players leave their game because when you leave the game, you're not spending money, you're not buying whatever Fortnite bucks or whatever in the game, and I, I, I think that's an interesting argument. And, and again, as a free-to-play game, you do have to um, find new and interesting ways to keep your player base engaged. Um, and again, not defending this behavior, I think it's really, really shitty, but. From a business perspective, they're probably looking like, okay, what's the big thing? How do we incorporate into Fortnite? And again, for the longest time, it was, let's put the Star Wars in. Let's put the Marvel characters in. And um, yeah. Yeah, just
0: new skins and new characters maybe isn't enough, so now we need new game modes and yeah they're gonna take inspiration from (laughs) the smaller people around them i don't know it just i mean and even like and you you can say like oh well among us is is part of a larger larger genre and stuff but like when you look at even the maps that fortnite is showing they're like with one or two rooms flipped but basically the same map and like Yeah, they just it's very much like they're not even trying to hide it. So I
1: just I don't understand why, you know, a company like Epic can't just see the see the light and be like oh you know what let's be the good guy here we can totally make this imposter's mode no problem but let's work with the indie company to coordinate it
0: which it sounds like they did yeah there were a couple of devs that were like yeah we were talking to epic guys and we were you know gonna bring among us to Fortnite. and then we learned with everybody else through this announcement that they were making an imposter's mode like what so they were totally blindsided and it just oh man why just why <laughs> So, yeah, anyways, that's what's going on with uh, that story. We'll continue to update you guys on both of those things as they come. But, Ryan, please tell me that there's some good news coming out of Xbox this week. Like, can, can we end on a positive note, please? <laughs>
1: uh, okay, well, the, the, a lot of pressure on Xbox here, but we'll try our best. Um, Xbox had their Gamescom opening ceremony. It was 90 minutes of basically updates to games we already knew about. Not a lot of surprises, Um, but uh, the big announcement that I kind of pulled out of here was that Xbox Cloud Gaming is coming to the consoles this holiday, so continuing their slow rollout of cloud gaming. Slow and calculated rollout. I, I think it's been a really good and stable rollout. Um, but essentially what this means is that if you have an Xbox one kicking around, eventually very soon, you'll be able to play next gen titles over the, over the internet, um, with your game pass subscription, your game pass ultimate subscription. So that is a, an exciting prospect from, you know, if you don't want to run out and buy a series X, or you want to try like that new next gen game and you have an Xbox one, um, and theoretically a PC, you'll be able to do that with your with your older hardware. So mm-hmm. that's exciting.
0: Yeah, I think um, that this is definitely one of those things that they didn't have to do, but I think is a really smart move. Because I mean, the more the more hands you can get on your game, the more buzz you're going to get about it, assuming you're making good games and that buzz is positive. <laughs> but um, you know, you're always going to want more users, right? So I think it's a it's a very smart decision for them to figure out a way to utilize new tech like the cloud and in a way that is going to make it possible for people who can't necessarily afford an update in a in hardware but who have access to a fast enough internet connection that they can try out your new stuff because Those are the people who, you know, like if they if they play a game and they really like it, they might be maybe on the fence of updating their hardware. And then, you know, they play a couple of your games uh, through Game Pass on the cloud and they're like, oh, wow, like this is great on my Xbox One through the cloud, but I bet it's amazing on the Series X. And maybe those are the kind of people that you get to convert to your new platform. So I think you know it's going to um give them a user base that they maybe wouldn't have had otherwise just because um they you know not everybody updates to the new tech right away so it gives them a larger user base and potentially a path to upgrade so i think this is this is good for both sides i think it's good for consumers because they can make use of their old tech longer but then also it's good for for microsoft and for xbox because you know it gives them potentially more more money and i mean there are companies of course they're gonna want more money so i think this is uh this is good news for both sides this is you know a company doing something that's not necessarily anti-consumer so thumbs up (laughs) good job xbox
1: (laughs) yeah that is a that is a very good point i think xbox is really looking to provide as many ways for people to play games not just their games but all games that are on their platform and uh that's that's really exciting and and a nice fresh take from uh, a lot of the other <laughs> companies. Like I know we talk about it, but like I'm fine with Nintendo having their own stuff because again it's Nintendo, um, and I'm fine with Sony having their own stuff. But I think like the way Microsoft's approaching it, it's just it's nice um, and uh, they are still doing exclusive stuff. I mean, again, because they have um, that split focus between the Xbox and the PC, sometimes it can be you know. Uh, you know uh, you could say like oh well they're doing pc2 and it's like i know that d- doesn't necessarily remove the exclusivity thing but um they're not they're still not putting halo on on nintendo switch or playstation 5 yeah. so like they're still <laughs> exclusives but Yeah, this is good. And and I think when it comes to Gamescom, obviously next week we're going to talk about all of the stuff announced at Gamescom Open Night Live, which is actually taking place uh, the day after we record right now. So the reason we're not talking about that stuff, if it is exciting, I don't know if it will be. (laughs) It
0: could be. could be.
1: But we'll talk about it next week, if it's exciting. (laughs) So we'll see.
0: Yeah, so next week you can look forward to more Gamescom coverage as well as, again, our spoilery look at 12 Minutes. So if you guys do want to uh, stay on top of what we're playing, go and check out 12 Minutes. Again, that's available over on Game Pass. I feel like we've just been, like, pumping and hyping Game Pass this week. And it's like, (laughs) we're not partnered with Microsoft. We're not getting paid by Xbox. It's just, like... You know game pass has been doing a really good job of giving us value i think recently and uh there's been a lot available there that makes me happy that i forget that i give them money (laughs) but uh yeah i think uh it's game pass is becoming more and more worth it and i think if you kind of looked at it and dismissed it before maybe now's the time to take a second look Again, like there's just there's so much going on over there right now that it's um, the value is is really starting to feel like it's there. So again, we're gonna play 12 minutes next week. We're gonna talk about Gamescom, but until then, if you'd like to join the conversation, head on over to Bitly slash TGI Discord. You can also follow us on Twitter. You can find me Jocelyn and Joss Plays. Ryan is at R Murphy, and don't forget to follow the show at the Gamers inn Thanks for staying at the Gamers In. Remember, tune in next week. Bye everybody.
1: Bye everyone. Here we go.